Good to have you with us. This is the Truth Business Network radio program on 99.3 FM. My name is Chris Roloff. Joel Smith is with me in the studio. And today we're going to talk about drugs. Uh, we are... <laughs> I don't think that's that's not funny, Chris. I'm sorry. Can, Ron, can we rewind the tape? That was not very professional of me. I'm going to be serious. No, I had to, you know, I have to introduce this with some bit of levity because we're we're going to talk about something pretty serious today actually, Joel, aren't we? We are. We are. This is serious. This is this is real. Uh, our guest today is uh, Noel Albritton. He is the owner of Cornerstone Diagnostics, uh, drug testing uh, solutions provider here in uh, central iowa they have a new location in altoona and i'm sure folks are hearing about them right now 99.3 noel uh great to have you on the radio with us thank you chris thanks joel thanks for having me yeah we're, we're talking about uh your business and here's the interesting thing about it you provide drug testing and everybody right now goes chris i didn't think that was interesting no no wait it really is interesting and here's the thing i didn't realize what a big deal it is to have a Christian gentleman like yourself, someone who cares about the community, cares about those that find themselves caught up in drug and alcohol, uh, drugs and alcohol, and it's destroying their lives. You care about these people, and now you're providing drug testing solutions to businesses so that maybe business owners can join you in caring for the community. And I had, until you and I met, I'd n- never thought about drug testing like that before. And now I actually think it's really cool. I used to think it was that annoying thing that had to happen, right? So uh, tell us a little bit about Cornerstone Diagnostics on the nuts and bolts level. What is it that you guys do? Sure. Uh, So Cornerstone Diagnostics, uh, we provide drug testing services uh, and DNA testing services uh, to uh, all of central Iowa, Um, mostly focusing on uh, individuals and businesses, um, trying to identify folks, uh, or businesses to partner with to uh, do drug testing and uh, help those guys uh, or folks that are struggling um, with addiction. Absolutely. I love your tagline, you know, the community, the, uh, what is it? I know it. Hold on. You do it. You know it better than I do. Uh, Cornerstone, the foundation of a drug-free community. Yes. You know, and I, I love that attitude because I think, Joel, now you, you have, how many employees did we talk about last time? You have how many employees? Oh, I have 90 to 100, typically. 90 to 100 employees. And you think about all those individuals, and statistically, Mm -hmm. some percentage of folks, most of the time in a work environment, there's a possibility that somebody uses drugs and alcohol. Is that that fair to say, Noel? Yes, that's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not bragging. That's not like a statistic. People go, hey, look, look at what percentage of people I have that are struggling with this. But the sad reality is it's happening, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so how does a drug testing solutions, how does this help a business owner like Joel? Yeah, we, uh, I think most of us, uh, especially business owners, uh, are aware of, uh, the safety issues that go along with, uh, drug use in the workplace. Um, a lot of business owners, uh, are aware of the, um, missed hours, days off work, um, late to work, uh, kind of more symptoms of someone using Customer perception and customer perceptions, uh, injuries. There's you know a list of uh, things, uh, and so our uh, our idea, I guess, is to uh, help employers uh, identify those folks that may be struggling um, and and causing us workplace safety issues. Um, identify those folks that um, 
can benefit from help um, rather than maybe take a drastic action at first. Um, reach out and uh, offer services uh, that could help with recovery and possibly rebuilding somebody's life and family um, uh, from the beginning. So. Now, I will say from a business owner perspective, um, this is a difficult area for us. Most business owners aren't maybe trained in the way you are to identify some, some different things and to, to know about the, you know, um, the, the core causes of drug addiction and all of that. So we, we're in the dark sometimes. When we interview people, we, we can't always tell. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can tell during the interview process or whatever, but sometimes we just don't know. We don't know what to look for necessarily. Or, and we will hire people, and we'll find out down the road that, hey, something's not right. But it takes a long time for business owners to really kind of figure out that a little bit. And I, I have a feeling you can really shortcut that learning curve. <laughs> Yeah, I, honestly, it is. Uh, it's becoming more difficult. I think um, just to look at someone, uh, you know, especially in the short process of a job interview, and identify if they're struggling with addiction. Um, that's one thing that we, I think, as a community, probably as a country, um, have to learn to shift our focus toward drug addiction. Um, doesn't come in one shape and doesn't come in one, you know, what we normally think of uh, when we think of drug addiction. Um, a lot of times it is professionals. It's uh, educated, uh, you know, uh, employees that um, have significant roles or jobs in the community. And uh, that's where drug testing really comes in to uh, give you that, that reliable, you know, source rather than you just having to look at somebody and tell um, or make a judgment, I guess. Um, and we are seeing a lot more employers uh, these days do multiple forms of drug testing, uh, especially when you're talking about pre-employment-wise. Um, often we'll do uh, hair drug testing and urine drug testing uh, for pre-employment checks. Uh, and so with hair drug testing, we can look back over the past uh, 90 days or so, and that will kind of give you an idea of, uh, if there has been any issues where urine typically only looks back the last few days to a week, possibly. So um, combining those two together gives you a really good picture over the last 90 days uh, to see where somebody's at. Sure. Uh, the voice you're listening to is Noel Albritton. He's the owner of Cornerstone Diagnostics. I'm Chris Roloff. Also in the studio with us is Joel Smith. And Joel is a business owner. And so um, I'm, I, you might be put on the spot quite a bit, Joel. So, so feel a lot of pressure, okay? I'm I'm ready for it. Okay, good. Lay it on me. Um, now, I, full disclosure here, right? This is the Truth Business Network, and we are a movement of business professionals who recognize our need for God and for each other as we are equipped to serve our customers and live out our faith and confidence. We're a bunch of Christian business leaders here in the Des Moines metro area, and this radio program is an extension of that group. And so we, we have Noel on here to talk to us about Cornerstone Diagnostics uh, because he's an advertiser on 99.3. It's no secret, but he is. Um, but also, I'm really fascinated with this aspect of business that when we have, especially when we have more than you know one coworker, or you know, if you're just one, you're you're an insurance salesman and it's just you. You probably don't do drug testing on yourself. You probably know if you're doing drugs. <laughs> that's just my guess. I'm, that's my guess. Unless you're in denial, then you might want to do that. Then you might, yeah. yeah. You might have, you, you, what you do is you call up Noel and you schedule a regular random drug screening program. Yeah. You get that set up and you just test yourself occasionally, just in case. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and if you've got a handful of employees, uh, this becomes a real issue. 
And so the question that I have for you, Joel, actually, and, and maybe Noel can, can speak to this a little bit, is as someone who has over 90 employees, when drugs or alcohol start to affect things, how much is that starting to cost a business? I mean, what does that do to your business when people are showing up high or they're late or there's accidents because of it? What does that cost? Do you have any idea? Oh, geez, it would be tough to put a number to it. But, uh, you know, turnover um, can be expensive. Yeah. You know, uh, there's there's good turnover and there's bad turnover. And when you turn over somebody that's incapable of doing the job or just kind of falls down, that's good turnover. But the the best approach is to try to have the right people, have the best people. But then when people are struggling, trying to help those people. Right. And it's really difficult if you don't know what the problem is. And so it, it can be very expensive uh, when you don't know what the problem is. You know, I, I've had situations myself where I've um, uh, counseled or men- mentored uh, employees that are right. struggling in different areas. And I go into it with the wrong as- assumption. I go into it with the assumption of maybe they've got a personality thing going on or they're going through a lot of stress or trauma in the home and that this is causing their behavior. And so we... I'm going down that rabbit trail, you know, come to find out that we lose them as an employee or whatever, and come to find out they were dealing drugs, mm-hmm. you know, or they were a serious addict or they went into rehab or whatever. And like, ah, oh, man, I was just, I was tackling it the wrong way. Well, yeah. And I think, Noel, you spoke to that a little bit. I mean, it's, it's when, when many of us think about the person who is abusing drugs in the workplace, we kind of assume it'll be obvious, you know, he'll have... He'll have tattoos coming up his neck, up to his eyeballs, you know what I mean? And he's really jittery. Bloodshot eyes Blood and scratching his stuff. face all the time. Right? Just real, <laughs> oh, very obvious. I think I think there's something going on there. That's what we assume, I think. And and, and what Joel just described is that's not often the case. We, we, don't, we can't see it. Right. That's, that's exactly right. We can't. Often we can't see it. Um, and we don't know, you know, what's going on with folks at home. Uh, and so that's... Uh, where, you know, possibly starting with drug testing when there is an issue uh, or an accident at work comes into play that may, uh, you know, give you an idea if that's the, that's the issue that's going on from the start. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, when we think about, when I think about drug testing, Noel, I think about it in the interview process, right? A lot of times in workforce, that's part of the process. I don't know if that's a part of your process, Joel, but I know a lot of places, you know, there's, there's the Firestone uh, factory here uh, on the second. And, uh, you know, I think that I'm sure everybody that gets hired, I, okay, I'm being stereotypical, but I, they employ a lot of people, and it's a regular probably part of the job interview process. Here's where you go get drug tested as a part of this upfront process. But then a lot of times business owners don't do anything after that. Is that do you think that's true? Yeah, so that, that's uh, extremely true, uh, especially in businesses that are not uh, regulated by the federal government. Um, so, uh, but we also, you know, doing pre-employment drug testing is uh, honestly ahead of the game because there's still a lot of employers that don't do pre-employment drug testing. But mm-hmm. um, when we don't do or implement a random testing program after our employees are hired, um, we're really missing out, I think, on helping um, a lot of folks that that are employed by us so um absolutely well i pre-employment testing that's i learned a new phrase see every time i hang out with noel i learn cool new things that i can say this way when i talk to business owners later you can sound smart i sound like really <laughs> smart and stuff and so noel helps me sound smart thanks man oh. um and but so i 
going back, so pre-employment, that's the one we think of the most, and we can talk about that a little bit because I want to ask you some more questions about that. But going back to kind of what Joel was talking about, if you're in this situation where it's something's up, I think if I was in that position, if I was Joel, I'd be nervous as I'll get out to be like, uh, hey, John, you know, um, something's up. I don't know what it is. Could you go over to Cornerstone Diagnostics and pee in a cup for me? Yeah, or, can I see your brush? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Can I, I just uh, I want to borrow your brush for a minute. I gotta. Could you just lean down real quick and I'll pull a couple yeah. of hairs? Uh, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's and that's what I'm getting at. Like that seems so awkward, doesn't it? I mean, it really seems awkward. So what do I? What do you do in that case? How do you prevent that, or how do you? How do you deal with that problem? Yeah, it is, and it can be a uh, touchy subject, I guess. Um, so there's multiple ways uh, you can do it. Of course, there's post-accident testing. Uh, and so th- I guess, firstly, it's really important to have a uh, drug testing policy in place for your business in the first place. That will tell you what needs to happen. Um, and so you have post-accident testing, um, <clears throat> but then you can also uh, have you know, a reasonable suspicion-type testing. So if somebody um, within your company, maybe it's an HR person or a manager, uh, they can be trained um, for reasonable suspicion training. And so that would allow that person to, uh, you know, identify people that may be struggling um, where we need to get a check, we need to get a drug test done. Um, So those are a couple of ways that you can approach that. Yeah, those sound like really helpful things. If... if Folks want to get a hold of you. There's a couple of ways to do that, and I'll just go ahead and let them know. Cornerstone Diagnostics, you're listening to Noel Albritton. He's the owner of Cornerstone Diagnostics. And and I know that as a Christian business owner, this stuff bothers you. You know, I think Christian business owners think, I don't want to see this. I don't want to know that someone that works for me is caught up in this. It's heartbreaking. It really is. And I don't think it's just unique to Christians. I think most people don't like seeing folks struggle Um, But we don't know what to do. And uh, Cornerstone Diagnostics is a company uh, that I would recommend. I think Noel would recommend. (laughs) Um, But they care. You can tell listening to Noel, this isn't just because he likes doing lab work. I mean, he cares about the community. He cares about the person caught in it. He cares about the business. He cares about the safety of other people. Uh, So if you want to figure out how you can get some of these things set up, your pre-employment tests, uh, maybe even learn about some of the policies that you should have or can have in place, reach out to Cornerstone Diagnostics. There's a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, You can call Cornerstone Diagnostics directly at 1-877-UA-TEST-0 or locally the number is 515-957-1181. And I know that you wrote all those numbers down because you were driving and you just pulled over and wrote those numbers down. So instead, just Google Cornerstone Diagnostics. Or go to cornerstonediagnostics.com. They have a new Altoona location. And you're, you're here. You're convenient. Easy to get to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are uh, really enjoying being on the uh, east side of the metro area. Um, and there's uh, uh, a lot of businesses over in that direction that uh, we've been able to uh, partner with and um, provide drug testing services. Um, so we're really excited to be over there. There, there's a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of large businesses over there. You're going to land uh, Prairie Meadows. You got that, <laughs> got that account? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, we're continually reaching out to, uh, businesses, um, large and small, um, just to partner, um, not to just, just perform drug testing, but, um, to truly serve people, um, identify, you know, how we can help, uh, your employees struggling with addiction. So, what is your, what is your typical or ideal business that you would partner up with? Um, <laughs> 
we uh, really, I, somebody that has the same kind of, I guess, passion for people that we do, um, uh, we'd like to see if somebody does test positive that uh, they're, they're offered help in some way. I mean, generally businesses can't do that themselves, but um, together we can provide some direction. And um, rather than just, you know, lead straight to termination um, for, of an employee, we would like to uh, really try and help reach in there and help families. Uh, we're talking with Noel Albritton, uh, cornerstonediagnostics.com. We've got more with Noel when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of these policies and random drug testing and why you should probably have a plan in place. I think it's a good idea. Sounds smart to me. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This is a Truth Business Network radio program on 99.3 FM. You're driving around, hopefully. Two hands on the wheel, please. Uh, we'd like you to be safe. Uh, I'm Chris Roloff. Ron Carlson is producing uh, this year's radio program. Joel Smith is in the studio with us. And our guest today uh, is Noel Albritton. He is the owner. He is a registered nurse and owner of Cornerstone Diagnostics. Uh, and we're talking about drug testing and what it's going to take to build a drug-free community. Now, you know, I, I'm... I, I went to high school in the 90s, and so I remember, you know, everybody said, just say no. That was that was me. I was a just say no kid. Um, and people are still attempting to say no, and sometimes we're not saying no as much as maybe we should be. But in, as a community, what can we do about this? I think as a, as a Christian myself, as someone who cares about our neighbor, we're called by God uh, to love our neighbor. And as business owners, I know that we want to do that too, and we want to serve our employees. Uh, that is what God has called us to do. And it's my opinion, okay, that I think, until I met Noel, I hadn't, didn't think about this facet of business. But I think now I'm becoming very convinced that drug testing is a, is a huge part of what it means to run a Christian business to some degree. We talked a little bit about this, Noel, uh, in the last segment with Joel Smith, who's here. He's a, uh, he's a business owner here in central Iowa. We talked a little bit about the benefits of pre-employment testing, which is that thing that most of us are familiar with, whereas in the job interview process, it's just it's just part of the process. You know, we're not, we're not pointing the finger. We're not judging you. We're not, we do this to everybody kind of thing. But then we, we heard the story from Joel or as an example from Joel, you know, you've got someone maybe in your employment that something's up. And, and, and when you, when I say something's up, you just know something's amiss. You think maybe it's something at home. You think there's just something, something wrong. And we talked about, um, if you just say, Hey, John, something's up. Would you go go see Cornerstone Diagnostics and pee in a cup? That seems really awkward, right? Or, you know, give me a little bit of hair. That seems awkward. And I know that you offer a service, which is the random drug screening program management, that you can can manage the random drug screening program for a business. And it it seems like to me that that program might be a solution to that awkwardness. Is that, do you think that's true, Noel? Uh, It can be. Um, there's a, a couple of ways to approach it, like we've talked about. Uh, you know, reasonable suspicion testing is one way uh, where you have a trained person on staff that can identify those folks um, that may be struggling. Uh, but also the random program management um, gives us the opportunity to just uh, 
you know, randomly select a select uh, portion of your employees. Uh, it could be every month, every quarter, yearly. Um, we can uh, set that up however you prefer. Um, and you're not really involved. Uh, our cornerstone will pick out um, just randomly um, who will be tested and uh, notify the employer. And then um, the employer can let those folks know that they need to report for a uh, just random drug test. And uh, there doesn't have to be uh, any reason behind it at all. It's uh, just, just per your company's policy to randomly test. You know, and that's the other thing. I mean, you, you said the key word there, too, and that, that's the other one. I think having a policy of some kind for this issue, too, makes it less awkward. Then it's not judgment. And, and so do you guys help with that? Do you guys help with building policies for folks? Uh, we, we provide some direction on doing that. Um, of course, there's a lot involved, um, or there can be, with, with building policies for your, your, uh, your business. And so, um, but we do provide direction on doing that. Um, and definitely, uh, before you implement a uh, drug testing program, uh, you want to have that policy in place so that uh, you, you not only have a roadmap to follow for drug testing, but your employees also know, you know that this is the policy and what to expect. Right, so they're not they're not caught off guard, or they don't feel suspicious, and it it just makes things makes things worse. Now, Joel, you're you're a business owner, and you have a good amount of employees. Are you guys regulated by the federal? I mean, does the federal government say you have to have some sort of drug testing in place? Or are you required? No, you're not. Okay, so you could you could so business owners can ignore this entirely. Is that right, Joel? Right, I think most do. Okay, and why why do you think most people do? What's been in your experience, Joel, or or, or whatever? Well, I think uh, I think sometimes it, it's easy to ignore if we just don't know enough about it, if we're uneducated in it, or we don't understand the advantages well enough. And I think that's that's part of why Noel's here to help get the word out. Like, hey, you know, there's something more you can do. Um, it's really easy to stay kind of in the status quo and not do something, right? And just kind of react. That's that's really the easy way to do it. But I think um, I think what Noel is talking about here is taking a more intentional approach. Saying, hey, let's not just let the chips fall where they may and, and tackle these bad things that happen in your workplace. Let's get out in front of it, uh, deal with it ahead of time, and make a smoother path. Uh, and so right. uh, that, that's what we should do. And, I, and I have so. to admit, too, I, I'm not really on board with this like I, like I could be and should be as well. <laughs> Well, and I think a lot of it is it's it's information. It's about it's like you said. I think there's a lot of I don't know what to do. I, I, I know I should care and and everything to me now to think that having a drug testing program at your office place and equate that with being fat and overweight like myself it seems weird. But here, follow my logic for a second. Okay, it's difficult. I know what I should do. Hmm. I know that I I need to be healthier. I need to lose weight. I need to do these things. But people always tell you you have to have a why. You've got to have a motivation. You've got to have a reason to do it. Um, and I think the why is maybe the most important thing. I mean, if as a business owner, a lot of times this issue gets lost because there's not a why. Unless someone has a personal experience or they have a relationship uh, uh, with someone like yourself, Noel, who, mm-hmm. who, who has a drug testing company, and you understand firsthand what, what's going on in the world around them. They may not have a why. Um, and so one of the things I like about your company is that you're passionate about this. This isn't just, it's not just a job. It's not just, I have the skills. I'm a registered nurse. It's a thing. I found a way to make money. Yippee, yippee, yippee. Um, but you actually care about seeing a drug free community and, and you expressed to me that your tagline as a company is cornerstone, the foundation for a drug free community. And let's 
let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Tell me about this Cornerstone. Yeah, so uh, Cornerstone, um, uh, we all know Jesus is referred to as our Cornerstone um, in the Bible. And uh, so when uh, we were uh, working on, you know, building Cornerstone and, and what that looks like to uh, serve people, um, but also to minister to people, um, you know, Cornerstone, Jesus is the foundation to a drug-free community. And so that's, that's exactly what that means. Yeah, and, and, and I like that, and I didn't know that. I mean, I saw your literature, we were meeting, and I saw your literature, and I was like, I really like that. That means a lot. And then I thought, oh, wow, like you actually mean the real cornerstone, and that's fantastic. Now, uh, you and your wife are both involved in a ministry that's, that a lot of folks here in Iowa may have heard of, and that's Celebrate Recovery. So tell us a little bit about that, too, while we have you with Sure, us. yeah. Um, we are the ministry leaders for Celebrate Recovery at uh, New Life Church in Pleasant Hill, um, and uh, yeah, some folks may be familiar. There's several different Celebrate Recoveries around the Des Moines area, um, uh, but it's a Christ-centered uh, uh, recovery ministry. Um, it doesn't cater to uh, any particular addiction uh, or alcoholism. Um, it's uh, truly for anybody um, struggling um, with any life issue, um, you know, possibly uh sins, you know, that have come out of your own life or something, you know, possibly done to you. Um, it's, uh, yeah, just a Christ-centered you know, ministry. It, celebrate Recovery here, and I'm going to give a little bit of an extra plug for this. So the uh, person at the Truth Network that manages all of our social media, her name is Crystal, and we were hanging out, talking, work stuff, and she said, you know what, Chris, I'm involved in Celebrate Recovery and I love it. My husband and I are involved and we love it. And she said, you know what? Neither of us have ever had drug problems or alcohol problems, and we love it. Mm-hmm. And I went, wait a minute, what? I thought that was for, you know, for those folks. And she said, no, it's such a gospel-centered uh, ministry. This group really puts Jesus at the center of our lives and help us remember that, that really he can help us. He's more than just our ticket to heaven. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's truly for anybody, you know, um, we... Uh, consider ourselves a forever family there um we share life together um anybody is invited and welcome um and uh yeah we just we just love each other and share life there yeah and i think that kind of a heart and that kind of an attitude to be at the back side in the back end or in the home office of a drug testing solutions company i think is really exciting to me um, and I hope that in our time together today, and we'll, we have some more time together, but that folks are starting to catch that. Um, I don't know, Joel, you kind of you kind of mentioned that maybe drug testing wasn't a thing that we thought. I mean, it's just not something you think about every day, even as a business owner. But maybe we're thinking about it a little bit more. Right. I like the idea that Noel is, is he's representing two different things. Number one, he's representing accountability, but then he's also uh, representing uh, compassion and help. He's not just about he's, he he's, he doesn't run a gotcha company, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's, what, you know he's he's about tackling the addiction and understanding that the addiction is a substitute for Jesus and helping people. Number one, confront that, face it, realize it, but then get Jesus into their life, and yeah. that's that's great. That's awesome. That's that's the way any kind of uh, uh, program should be if it's related to helping people. And what do you think? I mean. Noel, when, when Joel was sharing a little bit ago about, um, you know, someone who is having difficulties in their life and it turns out that there was a drug-related issue, have you seen the drug testing process actually help people get better quicker? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think as far as as far as quickness, uh, that's a individual. You know, t- sure, individualized path for each person. Um, but uh, drug testing does provide that accountability. Um, you know, it also provides. Um, a lot of times family members, employers, uh, loved ones, and uh, it provides them comfort. You know, um, they're looking for something that's actually reliably saying, no, you're not using rather than just uh, taking somebody's word for it. And so um, that's where I think it really starts to help um, families rebuild. Um, mm. It just it gives them that proof, I guess, that sometimes they need um, in the drug testing process. Um, you're talking in, in that, if I understand you correctly, Noel, you're talking about someone who maybe had a problem in the past and they're getting better. And this way, drug testing can even be a positive in that sense. Like, hey, look, I can prove to you I'm, I am getting better. I know I'm still a weirdy, but that's because I'm a weirdy. It's not the drugs, right? Yeah, or, yeah, or, exactly. Or somebody that recognizes that they need accountability. Yeah. So they might be attracted to that system, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it can truly be, you know, for somebody who's had an addiction issue, Um it can truly be an exciting thing to uh, perform drug tests or, or do drug tests that you know are going to come back negative and be able to provide that proof and satisfaction to, you know, your, your employer or your family. Tell me about that. That sounds that's I, that's a new idea to me. How is this? Ex- how is it exciting? <laughs> you say, I've never heard this before. Yeah. You, I mean. You've kind of mentioned drug testing is often looked at, um, you know, or as a gotcha kind of thing. Um, we, we perceive it as a negative often, um, but it, it doesn't always have to be a negative. You're uh, saying it can be a I told you so thing, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, it can be I told you so thing. It can be a tool, you know, that um, not only employers, families, uh, or even the addict uh, itself uses, you know, to say, I'm I'm still clean, I'm getting better, you know, and... Um, that's an exciting thing for somebody who's who's really struggled with addiction uh, in life. I can I can see that. You know, Joel, you and I we talk about this a lot as a business program. You even got to set goals and mile markers for yourself to be able to check off and hit. And I and I think that's what I'm hearing you say. For someone who is committed to getting better and they're and they're working on staying sober, these drug tests can be markers in their life. Is that what is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. They can be markers. Um, uh, you know, you mentioned Celebrate Recovery. We do the same thing there. We, we celebrate victories uh, with, with little coins and chips, and, uh, and drug testing can be the same way. You know, it it's, can be markers of celebration that, you know, we're moving in the right direction, and uh, we look forward to that next victory. I can I see an element of uh, transparency as well. Just, exactly. just truth. We're seeking truth, just exposure. Uh, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing, and and uh, that's a healthy way to think yeah. when you're transparent sure absolutely yeah clarity is is a huge is a huge one I, that we all want that in our lives for a variety of reasons but i, I am excited i have enjoyed our time together and all so much and i know that there are a lot of people that listen to this program today that uh think wow i need to take as a business owner i need to take this seriously i need to look at it i need to think about what i'm doing uh and if you find yourself in that position and you may not have answers i know a guy who might have some answers for you. Noel Albritton, Cornerstone Diagnostics is his company. Go to cornerstonediagnostics.com. You can get all the com- uh, contact information there, cornerstonediagnostics.com. One more time for Joel because he's writing it down, cornerstonediagnostics.com. Thanks, Noel, for being on the radio. Thanks so much, guys.
The foundation of a drug-free community starts with Cornerstone Diagnostics. I'm so happy to have Cornerstone Diagnostics as an advertising partner here at 99.3. We just spent time with Noel Albritton. He's a registered nurse and the owner of Cornerstone Diagnostics. And, and I want to tell you, I never thought I'd be this excited about a drug testing solution company in my <laughs> life. If someone would have told me that I would have been excited about uh, what he does, I would have told you, no, I can't get excited about it. But I am really on fire for what Noel does. And if you just spent time with, with Noel as well, I think you're excited about it. Uh, so check out cornerstonediagnostics.com uh, and start thinking about how you can implement some drug testing solutions in your business. Joel Smith is with me now as we kind of get into the next phase of our program. And uh, uh, Joel, this is a this is a business-focused program. We have business owners on, and we also talk to business leaders. We also get some sales training, which we're going to get later in the programming, uh, help us think better about selling uh, as a profession. But right now, I'm in the middle of trying to change some personal behaviors in my work week. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get new habits built in my week, and I was really on fire to do them. Uh, you and I actually sat down, and I said, here's what I'm going to do. I was all excited. I was like, I'm going to crush it. And then the first week came, and I didn't crush the new behaviors. And um, I know that nobody else struggles with this. So we're just going to talk to me for a minute. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what's, what's some of the issues you think that I'm facing as I'm trying to build new behaviors? I'm getting some success, but what's slowing me down, you think, Joel? Well, I don't think you're so much different than most people. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of people that really struggle with um, maybe disorganized thoughts, uh, disorganized um, ways of, about go, how you go about your week and, and i think that's 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 probably fair to yeah, say that time management and so on uh you know internal organized thoughts lead to external organized thoughts okay and internal so okay disorganized thoughts you know internal thoughts also leads to disorganized external behavior right you know so sense. it's the same kind of thing if you're disorganized in your brain you know you're tend to have a disorganized life as well so we want to talk about a little bit about how we might want to deal with that and throw out some tips and tricks and yeah. just kind of how to think about that. So the first thing really is, is how, you know, how do, we, how do we declutter and simplify our thoughts? Because a lot of times it comes just from too many thoughts. Uh, when we're really kind of out of sorts a little bit in our head, and it's, it's usually because we just have too many thoughts going on. Right. We've got so much going on, we don't even know where to start. You know, we've got... You know, the kids, you're worrying about the kids, and then you got your wife, and then you got, you know, this client and that client, and then this employee, and, and you got the budget, and you're trying to pay bills. You got all this stuff going on at once, and you just get overwhelmed. That's that's what's most common, I think, yes. when, with people that are trying to get to the place where they're high functioning and they're just kind of struggling to get there. And so I want to talk about just a few tips here that we can do. Okay. Uh, just basic fundamentals and what we can do to help organize our thoughts. Now, keep in mind, these kind of parallel. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about internal thoughts. They they do kind of parallel the external behavior as well. Think about maybe organizing your garage. It's kind of the same as organizing your brain in a lot of ways. So okay. <laughs> some of these will, will kind of be a parallel there. But, but the first thing, the first thing that we want to look at when we're trying to declutter our brain is don't keep what is unnecessary. Okay. We have a lot of thoughts that we think about that we shouldn't be thinking about. A lot of things that, that interfere they distract us from what we're supposed to be thinking about. And frankly, there's just some thoughts we should just never think about again. Okay. You know, we don't, we tend to not leave the past in the past and we dwell on things that we did, whether it's problems or something that somebody said about us or, or um, just issues that had come up in the past that you just are afraid are going to come up in the future, whatever it is. We, we need to purge those ideas and those thoughts out of our head. If it's unnecessary and it does not serve you going forward, right? you just, you just got to, 
end it. You just got to make a decision that I'm not going to think about that again and decide what you're going to do when that thought starts to come up again. How are you going to push it away? You know, I think one of those is very frequently for many of us, it's, it's worry in a general sense. Sure. I mean, we, we honestly, we worry about those things we can't control and that's not doing us any good. Sure. Yep. So the second, the second rule here to help declutter your thoughts would be the idea that everything has a home or uh, compartmentalizing. And Chris, you and I have talked about that a little bit, but think about your time. There's a time to think about this certain thing. There's a, a time when you shouldn't be thinking about that thing. And so sometimes we, we have a, a, a trouble in our work, in our, in our career with uh, having, uh, you know, guidelines or borderlines between our work and our home. And so compartmentalizing that and um, realizing that there's a, there's a place, a time and a place to think about these things, and there's a time and place not to. So there's, you know, when we're working, we don't need to be worried about what's going on at home. We need to be right. working and focused on what we're doing. And when we're home and on our day off, we need to, you know, put, put aside our, our work thoughts and just don't deal with that at that time. So that, We've talked about that before, and that can be a challenge in and of itself. I mean, really, and, and but uh, if we want to get more organized and we want to move forward you're telling me we got to do these things sure yeah yeah makes sense though the other thing too would be so the third the third is to use the simplest system and be consistent whatever it is when you're organizing yourself um use the simplest thing and be consistent i've seen people like when they manage their time use like three or four different calendars and they don't know where they've put the calendar or what they put it on and and they're using some on paper they're writing in their calendar paper some some's in the phone and and they've got different things all over. That's a disorganized mind. So if you right. can kind of shrink that down to one calendar, one thing that's going to be your go-to, that's going to tell you what you need to do and when you need to do it, that's, that's the way to do it. It's the same with filing. You know, if you're going to file, don't keep a whole bunch of extra stuff. Keep, keep all your stuff in one place. If you've got a filing cabinet, keep it all in one place so it's not scattered all over your office or all over your desk, whatever. Simplify it. Make it simple and easy. Well, and I think a key to that is be consistent. You know, having five different simple things, it right. doesn't helpful either. You know, a lot of people like myself, I, I find that a uh, calendar on my phone is simple and easy to use. It's right there. The phone's in my hand. Yep. I make an appointment with someone. Boom, I can put it in my phone. Um, but if that's not what I'm checking regularly and I'm checking my written calendar that's on my desk and I didn't transfer it over there, right. well, now I've got a whole different set of problems, right? Yeah, that's right. And you also have to have a system for entry. Mm. You know, for instance, um, like in, in, in our stores, applications, we talk about the process of applications. An application comes into our store either by paper or by um, email, whatever it is. Right. There's a process. You have to be consistent with it. Like, for instance, applications, when they come into the store, what do we do with them? Do we just kind of stick them under the register and, like, if the manager finds it later, then great. <laughs> I, I've seen that. Or sure. is there a process? Do, is there a place we put it? Do we, you know... Do a quick screening interview, you know, 10-second interview, whatever. Or what's that process in order to do that so that right. it's consistent every time? Or maybe um, maybe a, a process with your keys. Where do you put your keys when you walk in the door at night? Mm. Where do you put your cell phone? Does it have a home? Do you have a, something that you do consistently every time that everything else is off, off limits? I have right. a place that I put my keys every day when I walk in my house at night, and it does not go anywhere else. And if... if if it's not there, I get this uneasy feeling, right? And it and it forces me to put my keys there because I train my brain to do that. And I don't lose my keys, I don't lose my wallet, I don't lose my cell phone. It's very rare that I don't know where they're at, right? But you probably know a lot of people that lose those things all the time because they have disorganized. It's it's because they have a lot of places they can put them. 
Right, right. And you have a whole bunch of places you, you will allow yourself to put something, then you don't know where to start to look. Mm. But if you have one place to put something, and that's where its home is, that's where you'll go. You know, and I think people recognize that there's a sense of, there can be a sense of real comfort in what you just described. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be kind of an OCD compulsive, you know, I have to have every little thing right. exactly this way. But there's a comfort in knowing where your things are. You know, um, and and if you think about that from a professor, I'm thinking about that, I should say, not you, but me, because I'm the idiot that needs help. If I think about that in my situation, the the habits that I need to change, that's a big part of it. I need to be real honest and say, this is the thing that I'm going to do now. And this is just when I need to do it now. And if I if I don't do it now, it's going to cause it's going to cause problems later. Right. And decluttering is just removing unnecessary options. Right. It's narrowing it down to the most important and getting rid of all the junk and the uh, the distractions. That's that's a lot of it. It is. It is. Sometimes it's good to say not. Sometimes I'm learning. It's good to say no. Sure. And so the fourth the fourth idea here is to create space um, and don't use up space. You create space. Don't use it up. Create it. It's simple. Create space. Create space. These things flow together. You know. You you kind of make sense, Joel. I try. Thanks for doing that for us. Hey, um, when we come next, uh, I'll be in here with Carl Shaphorst from iowasalestraining.net. Thank you so much for listening to the Truth Business Network radio program. We really do hope that this is an encouragement to your business and your professional life as a Christian in the marketplace here in Des Moines. Look, I'm a professional salesperson, and in the studio with me is Carl Shaphorst with Sandler Sales Training, and you know what that feels like, Carl, to be on the other end of that phone and say, hi, my name is, and I do this, and I'm here to sell you something, and they just think you're trash. And you know where it comes out the most? (laughs) It comes out the most when it seems like time, in the issue of time is where I feel it the most. It seems like me to me, Carl, prospects seem to think that their time is more valuable than mine, and what are we supposed to do? about this when prospects treat us like the garbage and scum that, that I am, not you, Carl, but me. Of course. You know, uh, it, 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 is, uh, it is a phenomenon that it exists in, in sales, uh, and it's more an issue with the salesperson than it is with the prospect. But uh, if, if the prospects will do a one-up, uh, as soon as you go into their office or when you make a call, they'll, they'll actually behave in a way where they will think that they are uh, the authority and uh, and the salesperson kind of has to take on this role of uh, of servant or or submission. And what I find interesting is most salespeople are willing to do that. Um, and it's certainly not healthy. It's almost like uh, going in and selling from your knees rather mm-hmm. than selling from a, a position of uh, what, I, what I like to call equal business stature. You know, when it comes to value of people, right, uh, you all would have to agree that the value of one person is no different than a value of another. I mean, God is the one that determines our value, not not prospects, you know. Um, and uh, it doesn't matter if you're doing neurosurgery or if you're cleaning elementary schools in the evenings. 
the value of each individual is exactly the same. And uh, and and so uh, it, 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 it goes to say that if if I do not have that belief, if I actually believe that my prospects are more valuable than me, um, it, it does create discomfort for me as a salesperson. And then I will go to my knees very quickly. And what happens is prospects will take advantage of that by saying, send me a proposal, do this work, uh, send me a demo, give me a sample. Uh, do all this extra free work, free consulting, uh, and salespeople do this all the time, where they uh, give up their ideas, they give up their uh, their knowledge they work very hard for without any commitment from the prospect to give them any business. And then once they own that intellectual property, they will then leverage it and and uh, with your competitors and, se- and, and and have someone else maybe do the same thing except for less, and yet you did all the work because uh, you gave him the ideas. And so... Um, salespeople really need it, it starts with them they need to believe that that i'm i'm as valuable and so anytime they're uh they're being treated in that well i'm the word i'm going to use is disrespectful way they just they have to call it do it very professionally very nurturingly and then and then the prospect will reset and i here's what i've learned prospects that see uh salespeople are as equals as opposed to as submissives um, those prospects will prefer to do business with those kind of people because they want to do business with professionals. Uh, the reason why they take that position of, a, of authority is that they're nervous that they're dealing with a, a prospect who doesn't share their interests. You know, Carl, and that's something that we've talked about on this segment before, and that is sales as a profession. You know, a lot of people do sales because they've got nothing else to do. They got an engineering degree, but now they've got to, you know, they've got to sell heating and cooling services or something like that. I don't really want to be doing this, but it's what I have to be doing. Right. But if you're a sales professional and you've gone through the Sandler training process and you're a professional salesperson, you can walk in there with confidence. Walk in there with confidence and also the understanding of how to how to push back when a prospect begins to take that authoritative position. In, in a way that doesn't destroy the relationship, that maintains the relationship, and actually increases the value of the conversation that's going to be had in that sales conversation. Um, it, it really is important for salespeople to get up off their knees, to stop begging for business. Um, you are just as valuable. You can call on any CEO of any company on the face of the planet, and, and, uh, and you bring just as much value as anyone else. Um, don't let the prospect tell you any different. We are created in the image of God. We all are. And uh, that is, that is a, an equal. And so if we behave that way, we'll have much greater success in the sales call. IowaSalesTraining.net.